Hello and welcome back to Fireside. Um, this is episode two. That was a weird noise to start with as well. This is episode two. Um, if you have not yet listened to episode one, that will give you a little bit of an idea of the vibe of this podcast and what I'm kind of aiming for and also why you're just coming straight into my voice and there's not a theme tune. Um, So do go back and listen to that if you're interested or you are most welcome to stick around and listen to this episode. So this episode is the first of what will become really a feature, a regular feature, monthly feature. Um, So the idea here really is that I love to write on my blog about how I'm experiencing my own creative work, the things that are kind of coming up in my mind around the nature of what it is to work in the way that we do in a very creative space and mostly online. Um, And yet I'm conscious that probably a lot of people don't really read it. that's not fair people 100% read it but also a lot of people will skim a lot of people will intend to read it and then open it in a tab and then never get around to it because that's what I do and also a lot of people prefer to listen so this feature that's going to come pretty much every month is a kind of omnibus like a soap, soap opera omnibus where I will read out the blog posts and you can hear them in a different way maybe or um just not need to read them um so that's what I'm gonna do today and so as we're sort of catching up a little bit because we're right here at the beginning of a month I'm going to do a couple from July and August so this is the July and August um omnibus so the first post that I'm going to read is one that is called I need to accept that I am chaos so here we go I took a few tiptoed creeping steps towards thinking about my future business model and immediately found myself between a rock and a hard place this wasn't even structured thinking There were no tabs open that I was typing into. There was no planning spreadsheet. I was just starting to think, to daydream, to consider what it could be like. And I came up against my first problem. And the problem was with the very fundamentals of who I was and what I wanted. The rock. I often crave neatness. I like the idea of a business model with a clear and organised structure. Whenever I see someone with a clear three-part business model that they run year after year, I just think, oh, that's nice. That is clean, that's beautiful, that looks smooth and easeful. I have somewhat always striven for this kind of business model, one where there are a few cogs that click together in a slick machine, a lower price product that gives people a taste, a mid-range deeper offering, and then a kind of signature payday off 
product. I love the simplicity. I love that you would always know what you were doing. I love that you can be focused and that everything makes sense. The hard place. I often crave chaos. I want to follow the ideas that implant themselves into my body when I'm out for a walk. I want to have variety and expression in my work. I don't want to be bored. Many of the people whose work I enjoy the most and who I follow most closely have businesses where they put out a class on a niche topic they're really into on a random Wednesday and it works because of their energy about it. I don't want to business model myself into a corner. I want to always have the space to evolve and transform, to pursue things I want to pursue without needing it to make sense with the brand. A quick side note, you may have rightfully clocked that in both those scenarios I spoke about looking at what other people are doing. I just want to clarify that when I say that, this is not me moping around on the internet comparing myself to people who I think have got everything together. It is more taking an interest in what is happening in other people's businesses, looking at options that I might not have thought were possible, and ultimately seeing whether there is something that can spark a version of something for me. I have lingered in the cold valley between the rock and the hard place for a long time. Sometimes I make strides over to the rock, my choice made, ready to outline a three-tier business model and then something will catch my eye and I'll turn and I'll drift back in the direction of the hard place. When I think about it though, this isn't a new problem for me. I have always, for my whole business, lived between this rock and this hard place, trying to have both of them. But I didn't realise I was trying to have both of them. And because I didn't realise, things got a bit messy and confusing and I kept having to set fire to everything to make it make sense. Is the problem here indecisiveness? Is it not knowing what I want? I don't think so. I think this problem shows me that I do know what I want. I want easeful structure and creative expression. I want safety and a business I can depend on like a job. And I also want spontaneity and a writerly practice I can devote to. And as much as they might sound like they don't all go happily in hand... I can make it my work to figure out how they could. To figure out a way of doing business that can hold both safety and expression. No, what the problem is that I am actually a hard place trying to be a rock. In my last call with the coach I'd been working with this year, I said with a sigh, I think I just need to accept that I am chaos. A sigh because, of course, I've always known. I am chaotic and last minute and multi-passionate and have always tried to stuff that into the sleeping bag case of organisation, but it bulges and stretches at the seams and pokes out at the top. The problem is, 
I've been trying to be someone I'm not instead of embracing where my magic comes from. There's also a secret second problem. I've been treating coming up with the new business model as the answer. As a static entity, a problem solver, a thing that I can and must get right and then everything else will just happen. When all a business model is, is a structure within which you do stuff. It's not what's going to make everything easy. And actually, in all the different iterations where I've started with the business model, it's made things harder. So I think this is where I turn next on this journey. I know what I wanted out of the rock, out of the organised and slick style of business. And I am packing up that safety and boundariedness and I am hiking up in the hard place. I am, for the first time, allowing myself to lean almost fully into the chaos. I am going to do things I feel excitement and energy around and try to not worry about whether they make sense or whether they therefore mean something about my business. I'm leaning into fun, into expression, into chaos and hopefully into magic. So the second post I'm going to share with you today actually began life as a newsletter that went out to my list. So every month I send out a letter, a newsletter email, which is really a kind of behind the scenes story of the month. Um, And most of the time I don't also share those on the blog, but for the reasons that will become clear in the thing I'm about to read... I did share this one on the blog because I didn't have anything else to share that month. So this is called When It Does Not Go To Plan. To say last month didn't go to plan is an understatement. It went so not to plan that I actually ended up doing nothing on my business all month. And that's not an exaggeration. At the end of June, knowing I had a busy month with starting my job and having lots of family things booked in, I wrote a note with the four projects I wanted to make sure I did in July and all the steps I needed to do them. It was one of those moments where you think, this looks like a lot for the busiest month of the year, but you still hope you can make it work with a few late nights. I did nothing on that plan that month. Out of 20 things, not one was ticked off. The descent happened quickly. The first week of the month, I went in for my handover week at my job. I'm doing a maternity cover contract and I gave myself the space to take that in and get used to doing like eight hour days again. This is also my usual mode of operation. I don't have to yet, so I won't. I thought I'd be able to squeeze a few things out the following week while I was on holiday with my parents and then 
do the rest when I was back and in routine. And then the morning we were going on holiday, I awoke at 5am with the unmistakable burning pain of my recurrent UTI and everything fell apart. I spent the week in pain and constant anxiety. There was no room in my brain to think about work, no energy to even read anything. We came home, the antibiotics took away the worst of it, but by then the habit and the will was broken. I felt more easily overwhelmed. I had commitments coming at me and I had to just let go. It's amazing how quickly it can break down, how one and a half bad weeks can break a habit of work that are months and years in the making. At the end of June, I was more in flow than I remember being for years. I had nothing but ideas. I was writing thousands of words. I felt like everything was happening and it was surely impossible that the train would ever stop. And then it broke down at the next station and never restarted. So there are two points I want to make about what happened that month. The first is that, on their own, none of these things mean anything. They have no significance. Around the third week of the month, I was starting to panic that things were backing up and that time was running out. I felt guilty and I felt irresponsible for being ill. I had to remind myself that the timelines were arbitrary, that whether the things on that list happened in July or not was wholly unimportant. I had to let go of the meanings I was making and just focus on getting through the present. The second point is to once again reiterate that one of the most important things in creative work is returning. We all want to set up fail-safe routines that will allow us to carry on through adversity. We want to achieve consistency. We want breaks only when we schedule them. And so when the inevitable happens and our routine breaks down, we have to deal with the guilt of that too and the feeling of failure and disappointment. Removing the guilt and expectation leaves the door wide open for you to walk back in when you can. The art of returning to the work is the one that means you'll keep going. What I could have done is delete that note of July um, projects in disgust with myself. I could have beaten myself up about it. I could have let it overwhelm me and hang over me, tolling the bell of shame. I could have tried to squeeze as much of it as I could into some final days. I could have changed the plans altogether. Instead, I replaced the word July at the top of that list with August. I didn't make it mean anything about myself, about the work, about the future. I simply returned.
So, the final, yes, final post I'm going to read today is one called Art Versus Business, which I published last month. And it was one that came up after listening to a podcast episode, an episode of Common Shapes. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but I will put it in the show notes. Um, and as is often the way, I was listening to it and then had to kind of keep rewinding because I'd gone off on my own train of thoughts from what it had kind of sprung up. And I was listening to it as I was driving to work. And then I got in and I had to very quickly type a load of thoughts into an email and email it to myself so that I could revisit it because I really didn't want to forget. Um, And this is what came out of that drive to work and subsequent email to myself. It's art versus business. And I'm just going to take a quick sip of water. Please hold. Right. Here we go. It never occurred to me to be an artist. As in, it never occurred to me when setting up my business that art could be a part of it. I was very focused on having a capital B business. On the growth, on the statistics, on the upward linear achievement, on the money. A lot of that is due to capitalism and age. I was 25 when I started my business. A lot of it is due to having something to prove to everyone in my life that going self-employed wasn't a ridiculous mistake. But it's also because I didn't consider artistry as something that was possible for me. As a teenager, I'd wanted to pursue photography. And then in my third year of university, I'd wanted to write. But in both cases, I'd given it up for things I was better at or things that were more sensible. I gave up art after GCSE because I got better grades in the humanities. I gave up the idea of writing soon after graduation because I found myself needing a proper job. When it became part of my job to take photos for Instagram and write posts for my blog, I saw it as an empowerment thing. A, hey look, now I'm finally doing it thing. But it was a self-limiting consolation prize. It was me telling myself that a small amount of art was okay as long as it was in service to a bigger agenda. It was me telling myself to be happy with the scraps of art I was giving myself. It was not allowing myself to break out of the business box I'd given myself to live in. Because it wasn't really artistry. It was creativity by numbers. Making things with the sole purpose of them doing well. Getting more likes than the day before driving traffic, getting sign-ups. It wasn't about humanity and connection and truth. 
lately I've gone the other way. I became disenchanted and then disengaged from the capital beat business. I stopped checking the statistics. I stopped looking at how well a post had done. I stopped checking my newsletter subscribers. I began writing not to drive an action in a customer but as an expression. I listened to podcasts about art. I read about craft and writers. I opened the box and allowed myself to step out of it. Allowed myself to consider a writerly, artful life as one that was available to me. Which sounds very positive, right? But as part of this process, I also stopped trying to make money. Not consciously, of course, not on purpose, but because I didn't want to do the businessy things, I slowly stopped doing them and didn't do anything else instead. I wanted to be free to pursue the writing I wanted to do whilst conveniently ignoring that the people that do the writing they want to do also have jobs so they don't die. And because this happened gradually, this stopping making the money, I got used to it. I got used to being able to afford less and less. I got used to things not being an option for me financially. And that meant I got used to, I accepted a smaller life than the one I wanted. My problem is so often the overcorrect. The turning of the steering wheel of my life in a too acute angle, away from what I don't want, but not towards anything real and specific and doable. Sometimes this means that I damage the tyres. Sometimes it means I have to find a way back onto the road. And sometimes I roll the whole thing. I think that's what happened in this case. I rolled the car and was too dazed to realise that it had even happened. At the root of this overcorrect are beliefs I obviously, obviously yet unknowingly hold about the nature of both art and business and what they have to be. Two ribbons of different colour, one embroidered with freedom, expression, low financial security, and the other with pressure, narrowness, affluence. I've been holding these two ribbons at arm's length from each other, while at my feet curls a third, the ribbon of my desires embroidered with ambition, abundance, fulfilment. I've been worrying so much about art versus business that I'd forgotten all about it. Because it's not art versus business. It's art as business. It's business as art. It's what else might be possible outside of the outdated beliefs. It's adding new embroidered words to the ribbons, possibility, enjoyment to the business one, opportunity, commitment to the art one. It's taking all three ribbons, running them through my fingers, 
and beginning to turn them into a braid. So that's it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed hearing the blog post today and that maybe it gave you a kind of, if you read them before, a different take. Sometimes I think hearing somebody read what they've written helps you really get the meaning that they intended. I'm also somebody who uses a lot of italics because I really want to emphasise things. So hopefully um, the right emphasis came across. And if you didn't read them, I hope you enjoyed hearing them for the first time. I'll put all the individual links to all the individual um, posts in the show notes. So if you want to go back and read them, that's cool. If you want to share them, um, that would also be amazing. If you've been enjoying the first two episodes of Fireside, please do also share it because shares is what makes a podcast happen, essentially. Um, I always used to say to people, like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I never find a podcast because I'm looking in the Apple Podcasts um, charts. I always find it from what people recommend. So if you're enjoying it, and you would recommend it, then please do recommend it. Um, But anyway, I digress. Thank you for coming along. I hope that this has maybe stirred some ideas in you, got you thinking about something. Do come along and find me on Instagram at Simple and Season and let me know what you think. And um, yeah, until next time, I hope you have a really great creative wonderful, fulfilling week.